Disney Vault Talk presents Rebel Yell. Star Wars Rebels discussion and commentary. With your hosts, Teresa Delgado and Steve Lawson, and a few surprises along the way. And now, Disney Vault Talk's Rebel Yell. It is Rebel Yell, and it is a return for us after a couple of weeks' hiatus, thanks to the holidays. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope that you uh, ate all you wanted and, and, and gastronomically survived. That's what we hope. That's what we hope for you here on Rebel Yell. My name is Steve Glosson. Glad to be along with you. Teresa, not with us still. Um, she is, uh, she's on a break. She... She is taking some time away, and when she comes back, it'll be the triumphant return of Teresa Delgado. But we do have a great group of people with us tonight. I, uh, two other people than me make a group? I think the three of us are a great group of people. Along with me, of course, is my brother from another mother. Please welcome uh, Eris Chernovice. What's up, buddy? Hi, Steve. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm good, Eris. How are you, man? Good. I'm a group all by myself. That's good. Me, me too, buddy. Me too, <laughs> buddy. Hey, buddy. I'm ready to talk some rebels. We're about to. We're about to. And uh, for the first time ever, I believe, on uh, Disney Vault Talks Rebel Yell, uh, good friend of the shows, the entire Goliverse, and contributor to the Big Honkin' Show. But more importantly than all that, the host of his own show, along with Jedi Schwa. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show our good friend, Shaz Bazaar. And I have no theme song. Oh, sorry. Blue lights, flash up oh, from behind. <laughs> Loud voice, boom, please step out onto the line. I don't know where the where the chorus okay. starts, so we'll just I let really it roll. I really didn't think you were going to play that. We'll just let it roll. Shaz Bazaar. <laughs> Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Ooh, Ooh baby. <laughs> baby, we're talking some rebels. Oh. Talking, talking some rebels. Every time I use the force. I'd use the force. Every time I use the force, it's in my head. Oh, right. I love it. DJ oh. Shazzy Chaz has his own song. <laughs> <laughs> I've never put me together with that one, but I don't know why not. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. <laughs> Somebody else is going to have to do that parody song. Oh, well. That's good. That's give me, rich. That's give me, rich. Give me a bounce. Well, you know, it, it kind of fits because that song is in honor of you. And, yeah, it's something. You know, the, the, the first episode that we're talking about tonight is in honor kind of a, a bunch of Lucasfilm employees, so it sort go. of fits. That's true, that's true. We're going to be talking uh, the Iron... Shaz Bazaar, Shaz Bazaar. <laughs> We're going to be talking two episodes. We're going to be talking Iron Squadron and uh, the Wincathu job. Did I say that right? I think so. It sounds I think it's close the enough thank to me. you who job. 
It's the Hondo episode. The Hondo yeah. episode. Um, I think I was on another Hondo episode, Steve. Were you? I think so. Brothers okay. of the Broken Horn. No, no, no. Was no. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that was the first Hondo episode in Rebels, okay. wasn't it? I, I honestly don't remember. I could be wrong. You probably Teresa set it up. Well, then you're right. You were on. Look, you're the dude that runs around in the Hondo mask. I would uh, trust you to know that information. I, I so. could be way wrong, though. I, I don't I'm think right. you are. How about this? Mixelpick. Well, the people, the people's Mixelpick, do me a quick favor and head over to the Rebel Yell feed on geekoutpodcast.com and, and see if Shaz has been on before. It'll be in the show description. Um, thank you so much. Hey, now you're checking up on me. Yeah. Uh, why don't you trust me? I do. <laughs> well, <laughs> huh. I wonder. I wonder why. Um, well, let's talk. Let's just do these separately, and let's talk Iron Squadron first. Number one, I, w- I just want to say my Southern accent is going to make it very hard and probably very amusing to everyone without a Southern accent when I say Iron, Iron. We just say Iron down here. It's just, Eris, how do you say it up there? Iron Squadron. Okay. All right. Good. Earn. Earn. Earn Squadron. Earn Squadron. Uh, r- right across the river where I grew up was Ironton. But in in my area, it was called Orton. No. Oh yeah, Orton. Orton a high. Orton what? Orton a what? <laughs> Ironton, Ohio. Orton a high. Okay, but it's not. But that's. I, but I'm talking about the word iron. Yes, iron, iron. And they said Orton. O- Orton. Like Randy Isn't Orton. That weird. It's just strange. I'm sorry. I don't mean to dis d- d- discombobulate us this early. But that makes Shazam, no sense. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> That makes no it's sense. It, no, uh-uh. that's that's just the accent. Okay. So iron, they would pronounce it Orton. Orn. Like ran- Orn. 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 Ironton was the name of the town, so they called it Orton. Like Iron Town. Yeah. Yeah. Orton. Hmm. Interesting. Ironton. Yeah. Ironton. Who? Why would someone name a don't town? You, don't you love America? No, I do. It's, I just it's, love America. We used to have a wide variety of accents, but they're all fading into one. <laughs> yeah. And pretty soon, uh, we'll all be speaking in emoji. So, oh, My nephews already do. It drives me crazy. I don't, underst- I don't like full emoji text. I don't get them. I don't appreciate them. I, don't have- I, I, I appreciate like a good creative emoji sentence that uses like 10 of them to tell a story, kind of like hieroglyphics. My yeah. oldest, ne- my oldest nephew uses one single emoji, hmm. just one. But depend, he's kind of like I am. Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> you know, with this one silly emoji, you'll get it. You'll get it either once or you'll get like five of them in a row. Like he uses a, a, the numerical quantity of them that kind of I am Groot his way through a conversation. It's like the emoji and, version of binary. Yeah, I guess, but you, I, I you don't realize read it, so. You have just just cracked the code for me. The final bit of my Egyptian history knowledge that I'm I'm trying to to get together. They, they're all emojis. All the hieroglyphics are emojis. They're yes. not really words at all. It's emojis. They're texting each other on movable sand in it. When the electricity cut off, it all just froze in place. No, I just yes, I don't want I don't want to have to find a Rosetta Stone to be able to interpret a text message. <laughs> but that's what you have to do. If, yeah, well, these people that like to in text, twenty years. Yeah, well, these people like to text in all emojis. 
Yeah, but anyhow, that's yeah. what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the Iron Squadron, the episode Iron Squadron. And uh, as Eric mentioned beforehand, we were introduced to a new group of characters, all based upon uh, people at Lucasfilm, the staff at Lucasfilm. Um, well, in particular, staff at Lucasfilm who is involved in Rebels Recon or the Star Wars show. Correct. The, Correct. They're two digital shows that have been pro- helping to promote Rebels. Their online team, if you will. If you will. Yes, part of their online team. But also, right, also in this episode, uh, it, was, it was a Thrawn episode. Yes, yes. Steve. And yes, it was a Thrawn episode. And we, <laughs> I, th- I think that whenever we talk about Thrawn, we should subdue our voices so that the listeners have to pay attention to what we're saying. Per- perhaps we need some music playing. I, I don't really have any Thrawn music to play, but I'm sure. I know. I'm sure our dulcet, just... dulcet tones will be the, uh, will have the effect that we desire. No, no, I can see like Dracula. <laughs> I can see Thrawn like rolling in with like some Iron Maiden playing in the background or something like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> run to the hills. See, that's that's gonna happen when he actually no. goes into attack. <laughs> Thrawn, Thrawn to the hills. Thrawn <laughs> for your life. Thrawn comes for your life. <laughs> Zeb, what you is that? You are just a magical genius with having the songs queued up. I'm not worried about the rebels. Now is my time to clamp the trap down upon them. Hit my music. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Maiden. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're talking Iron Squadron, not Iron oh, Maiden. That's, oh, wow. That's... I didn't even make that connection, by the way. Come on. Fantastic. <laughs> that's why it's Iron Squadron. They were thinking the same thing. That's right. Hmm. I mean, they are intense, guys. I just want to get to the course. Here it is. Run to the hills. All right, that's my vocal. Thrawn skin is blue. <laughs> that's Thrawn's my eyes are red. That's my uh that's my vocal blow up for the night. <laughs> Will West reminding us. Will West reminding us in the chat. Thrawn has the organ theme. Yes, so, yes, yeah. like Dracula. Mm-hmm. Or the Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of, is that what it is? I I don't I don't know. It is no. He's not it's, the one that was based on Phil Glass. No, that was that was from another Zeb episode, actually. Right, right, right. Another Maelstrom episode. Oh, wait, that's not this one. Sorry. No, no, we've got another one of those coming up. So Iron Squadron, these guys, these cats are holding their own on this planet. Uh, it's where our Commander Sato was from. And, yes. Uh, and it's actually his, is it his little brother? Mm. Is that who it is? His, bro- his brother's son. Okay, so his nephew. Yeah, yes. Matt Martin. I mean, Mark Matten. Mark Matten. That's... 
Okay. And he looks like a young Ezra. Is he younger than Ezra? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Now, now the other two, John or Jen, named for John Hopper, Harper, rather, and, um, and of course, uh, Guti Terez, named for Andy Gutierrez. Um, they're the, they're the Iron Squadron, and they're flying around in Dash Rendar's ship. Right. Well, they're flying around in the same model as Dash Rendar's ship. Right. Well, but when I first saw it, I thought, oh, they're, this is going to be Dash Rendar in there. You, you it, thought it was the not. Outrider. But the, oh, yeah. the thing is, the Outrider is just, it's like, I mean, that, that model freighter, oh, it's sure. like just the 40 Econo van of the, the <laughs> Star Wars galaxy. Well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's the, all these YTs, everybody's flying them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's the, got a cool name, though. What was the name of the ship? Sato Tammer. I thought that was a great name for the ship. Yes. Yeah. They um I, I remember when they showed a clip from this or you know there was a brief shot of it in the trailer for this season of Rebels back in uh back at Celebration. Which by the way, the the Rebels trailers they've shown at your celebrations have been so much more for the most part thorough than what the Clone Wars trailers always were. The Clone Wars trailer would always show you these big moments that would always take place at the end of the season. And there's stuff that I'm seeing that are from these trailers that are just, uh, that are really, really, you know, they're sprinkled throughout. They did a good job of giving a trailer of the whole season. But when, when someone asked about the Outrider, they said it's not Dash Rendar. They were quick to say it's not Dash, um, you know, but it is the same. It's actually even the same exact design. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, right down to like the various specs and everything um, from the ship that was taken off from Moss Eisley in the special edition. Right. So. Well, just real quick on the, the your comments on the trailer. I actually think that trailer they showed us at Celebration, that's just the first half of the season. I think you're right. Oh, really? I don't think it's the full season because we've seen we've seen a lot mm-hmm. of that trailer play out in the episodes already. Right. And with two episodes left, um, mm. As of our recording tonight, yeah, I think that you know that trailer is just the first half of the season, and then you know they go on their break for a month or so, and like in January we'll probably get another big trailer for the second half of the season. That's what they did last year. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. But my point though stands. They do a they yeah, do they're a better great jo- trailers. They, they do a better job excited. of of giving an overview of that part of the season. And um, and this, how'd you guys feel about this episode? I guess we need to get down into real discussion about it. Um, Eric, how did you feel about this episode overall? I actually liked this episode. Yeah, I uh, you know I thought there was some cool stuff going on. Um, I, I liked the space battles. I liked the Phoenix Squadron. I think this is the first time they actually didn't lose a ship. <laughs> is it? So, I thought they lost an A wing before. I don't think they lost the ship hmm. in this one. Um, so maybe Wedge and Hobby are like actually helping the pilots out, teaching them a thing or two. Um, but uh, yeah, excuse me. Overall, I really like this one. Oh, you were saying they didn't didn't lose in, a ship this time. In this particular episode, I yes. I don't think they lost the ship. Yeah, you're normally, right. I thought you said they did. I was like, I think they've been losing ships. Yeah, normally yeah, you okay. see an A-wing show up, and it's like you know the red-shirted guys in Star Trek. It's like, oh, right. he's dead. Right. Oh, an A-wing right. showed up. That's going to get blown up. 
So, um, so Shaz, what did, what did you think of this episode? Just overall thoughts about it. Uh, overall, it's great. Anything the space battles in in Rebels look like space battles on film. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are so well done. Sometimes you have to remember this is animated. Yeah, I, and I'm such a fan. I've become such a fan of the Ghost. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, it has become right up there with the Millennium Falcon for me. Um, yeah, in, in the way that I feel about it, and and there's the one cool shot. It's in the episode guide of of the Ghost headed into battle, and you can see the Phantom Two. You know, it doesn't tuck in the way that the original Phantom did. It's kind of wedged in on top, and um, yeah. You know, but it's not distracting. It still looks pretty cool, and yeah, I just I I'm with you, Shaz. The space battles we've had have been outstanding, and in this one, the use of those cargo uh, containers, you know, loaded with explosives, yeah. to just kind of fly toward you know whatever ship they're flying toward and release them, and then let them just do their damage was just such a cool concept and a, and and a fun visual to watch as well. And so the yeah, iron, go ahead. Kind of like a kamikaze run, but they mm-hmm. skew off at the last minute. It it it's a great technique when you don't have a lot of armament. You know they're very successful in what they do against small ships. And I like to how it kept escalating with the Empire. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning of the episode, Mart's all excited. We just destroyed a star destroyer, and they're like, "That's not a st- that's just a transport." <laughs> right. Then. <laughs> You know, Next the light one. cruiser comes in. He's like, yes, the Star Destroyer. No, it's just a light cruiser. <laughs> you know, but it keeps escalating as the episode comes on, mm-hmm. goes on. And you know that eventually Thrawn is going to show up at the end in a Star Destroyer. And just when it does happen in that shot of the cockpit with all of them in it and all of their faces are just like even Hera and the ghost crew is still kind of in awe when they yeah. actually see a Star Destroyer. And I just I love that about this episode, the way it kept escalating and that that fu- that last shot and just this this may, this might have been the best space battle episode they've done yet. I, it might be. I it's, can't I can't think of one that may that would be much better than this. Um, may, other than maybe some of the stuff Vader was doing when he showed up in his Tie Fighter, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the look and feel of that. But yeah. and and. Um, but yeah, as far as just a straight up space battle, because it was extended. I mean, this whole thing basically took place in space. Um, they they never really landed anywhere, and right. and so it it really made for kind of a. I mean, it was a Star Wars episode, mm-hmm. and um, and I just uh, yeah, I don't I I like this episode. I don't know how I felt about the Iron Squadron. Um, I appreciate the fact that it's a throwback in some ways to a movie from the 80s, Red Dawn. Wolverines! <laughs> Red Dawn's, uh, Red Dawn. Um, but I, I just, I, they kind of got on my nerves. And there was one of the characters that I kept looking at, and I'm like, who does he look like? And I just couldn't, and it's the Jen Jonner, John Jenner, Jen, Jenner John. Jen, Jonner Jen. Jonner Jen. I can't, George Doucette. I'm sorry? George Doucette. George Doucette. That's what he looks like. Okay. Now you sort it, of. Yeah, you from sent, droids. Yeah, you sent a picture of, of the dude from Droids. Um, George, his name is George Doucette? Yeah, yeah. 
He, he was a racer with Thal Jobin. Yeah. I couldn't find my figures, but I got them somewhere. Oh, man, I don't have any droids figures. Oh, the, well, look, I'm just... You know, it needs to be said. I'm just going to come out and say it. John or Jen is Snoke. John or Jen is Snoke? Oh, how does man. he? How does he get Look there? Look at him. Yeah, he's bald. Look at him. Yeah, he's bald. You know, he's he's not the smartest bulb in the pack. Uh, no, he's, so, he's like, very could, happy could, guy though. He's could, so could, happy could, and optimistic, kind of dim. I I could see him getting led down the dark path to the point where he becomes Snoke. Or maybe he's just playing dumb. Maybe, and he's got a that plan. That would be all very Snoky enough. Yeah, him. I don't know. They might, you know, try to cut into his his brain to amplify his his capability, his mental capacity, which would leave him with a big gash down the top of his head. Mm-hmm. I think this yeah. is a good Snoke theory. All right, at least the best one of the night. Well, we yeah. gotta have our Snoke theory exactly. every episode. It's our. It's so. our. We need it. What we you need. We almost didn't get it in last time, Irish. <laughs> Was it that's, the very end? That's true. We slipped it in right it. Well, sometimes you got to surprise people with it. Give them something to think about. Just coming at you right away with well, it. That's right. John or Jen is Snoke. So John or Jen is Snoke. Hashtag. Hashtag that mess and put it out there. Uh, I, I, man, this is when I wish the show had its own wiki. I wish we had an ardent enough following of the show for that because then all of our Snoke theories would be cataloged. In one place. I don't know. I don't know that we need all of our Snoke theories catalog. Oh, I'd love to have all the Snoke theories catalog. We still, we we still, we can't forget. We still need to get it out there. Hashtag Hera needs a chewy sack. Mm. She's still running around without a chewy sack. That has yeah. got to happen. That's an uncomfortable phrase, though, and it's a long hashtag. It is. And it's so, not an uncomfortable phrase. Okay. What's wrong with? You? Chewy sack. Nothing's wrong with Chewy sack. I think it's more of a satchel than a sack, though, isn't it? Fine, make our hashtag even longer, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be a Wookiee purse? <laughs> a Wookiee purse. <laughs> oh, All right. Shazmataz, I'm looking at these pictures that you sent us. Yeah, I could definitely see John or Jen turning into that Ewoks guy. Yeah, now immediately well, you droids. see Goody, and she looks like that dancer from Jabba's Palace. I think her name well, was, was Ristol. Ristol. That's where it came from. The, the okay. design of her character, That's she's a Thelon, and that was the first time that a Thelon had been shown was one of the background dancers in Jabba's Palace. So, I'm hooked on that, a Thelon. <laughs> <laughs> So that's so where she came from. Well, you know that it, and that's why I like is instantly recognizable characters like that. Yeah. Um, and, and then Mart, uh, I, I like connections. I, I want to see these people again because they're they're intriguing. Mm-hmm. And if he's Sato's nephew, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Commander Sato's nephew, who I think looks like Stuart Lee. Really, have you ever noticed that? He works on the show, writer. Director, I, I would, yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what he looks I, like. I don't know what he looks like. Mm, I just saw a picture of him right about the time they unveiled Sato. I was like, that looks just like him. But uh, that's a whole whole other story. What if? What if Mark comes back and he becomes Fake Wedge? Fake Wedge, the guy that says that's yeah. impossible, even for a computer. Yes, 
I could see that. Or maybe the Y-Wing fighter from Return of the Jedi who gets blown up. Although it's too close. That's what I'm saying. If he's younger than Ezra, he's not going to be old enough. Yeah, he's not going to be old enough to be fake Wedge. I could buy it if he's Ezra's age or a little older, but not younger. It it won't work as fake Wedge. He needs about 10 or 15 years, or he just needs to start living a really hard life. (laughs) Well, you know, look at him. You, You mentioned it. It escalates. It starts off, we just blew up a Star Destroyer. Oh, at last, a Star Destroyer. And then there's a Star Destroyer. It's like, it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get out of here. He's not as stupid as you think he is <laughs> when it comes right down to it. Um, I haven't had a chance to rewatch this episode this week. Uh, refresh my memory. What happens to the... Remember Chewbacca? Remember, remember Berries? Um, rem- remember, <laughs> remember Grand <laughs> Admiral Throne? Um, remember Iron Squadron? Remember Iron Squadron? Uh, maybe Dash Winda. The uh, the lieutenant or that he sends after him, um, or the admiral, Admiral, admiral Constantine. Constantine. The admiral, yes. Does he kind of just? Does he? He doesn't rescue him in the end, does he? He lets him die. He he doesn't. No, he doesn't die. die. He just okay. he just he's gonna have to deal with Thrawn later on. Well, you know, and here, here's he kind of dresses like, him down. Here's sort of the interesting thing to me about this episode is, in related to Thrawn, in the previous episodes, we've seen Thrawn kind of poking and testing the rebels. And I really felt that this episode was Thrawn testing that admiral. Oh, he didn't test him. He just threw him, threw him out. I mean, really, you, you think about it. You go deal with this little, tiny rebel contingent, Admiral. Mm-hmm. You know, that is that is so far beneath him. I think he's tired of, of his worthlessness. And he's, yeah, he's maybe. just going to get rid of him. So he's throwing him under the bus. I think he's throwing him under the bus because he knows he's, he's a sap. How did Constantine come to this much power in the first place? He probably, Politics? Obviously politics and the right family, yeah. Politics, family, yeah. Because he's pathetic. Man, that guy's terrible. I really want him gone. You know, the other night he took the last piece of pizza. (laughs) I hate that guy. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Can we bring back the Iron Maiden, please? (laughs) No, that's only when you're running to the hills. Um, Yeah, but I mean, this... it didn't seem like there was anything for Thrawn to learn about the rebels in this episode. No, you're right. He 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 was, in a way, he's testing his 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 core, um, proving them or disproving them one. Well, and if he's formulating this grand plan, he's mm-hmm. got to figure out who he can rely on to help accomplish this plan. Yes, yeah. Because he's not going to be able to pull it off all on his own. He's going to need commanders aboard starships and other imperials in place that when he gives them an order he can trust that they're going to follow through and get it done and in this case constantine just you know absolutely failed across the board so it opens up the door for someone to take his place maybe that's what's going on he does that just so that that can happen because really he's a terrible admiral who's going to come up to his place so you know, this he's, is he's, this is the equivalent of Vader choking out somebody who fails. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, but no, he didn't. He didn't kill him at the end. It was just kind of 
you know, well, the last we saw him, he was, you know, in the on the bridge. His bridge is all, it's it, it's beaten to shreds. You know, the computers are down. I'm giving her all she's I'm got, Captain. I'm trying to I'm trying to do a, I'm doing a bad Kirk from <laughs> Wrath of Khan. There, you gotta give us time. Um, old friend. Yeah. But the other thing I found interesting is is there's clearly a history between Thrawn and Sato. There is. Yeah. Fine. This you know, is how they, I got you back to, back to, uh, what is it? My Copo. Yeah. I mean, it was it, like, clearly they know they've had some sort of encounter with each other mm-hmm. at some point. So I'm, I'm really curious to, to see if they explore that further as this goes on. Well, we don't know much about Sato's history when it comes right down to no. it. And, no. you know, it, it, it could be that he was uh, part of the Republic. And when he saw what it became, he didn't like it, and he defected away. You know, I, I think sometimes, especially, you know, like you read, I, we can talk about Catalyst now since it's out. You know, in Catalyst, uh, man, that book does such a good job of just kind of showing you the end of the Clone Wars from a completely different perspective than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And and kind of letting you letting you in on what happened to the separatist and and it seems that you know the separatist we and, and it's even been said by Dave Filoni and George Lucas that these that these people become the rebels in a way, but not necessarily all rebels were former se- separatists. You know this could be just someone with a conscience that didn't care about the power that he could have, and uh, and he defected away and he may have actually worked on a on a star destroyer with Thrawn in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Thrawn does mention that it is the planet named Mycapo. Yeah, I think that, so. That there's there's no defense force there. There's no army there to protect it. So it, it's clear that Sato has some military training, some training and strategy and stuff. So if his if if Mycato is his home planet, he clearly probably didn't get it there because they didn't have a standing army so he would have had to have gotten that training elsewhere mm-hmm. and it's possible that you know he got that training in you know it's part of a new republic uh defense force or at one of the new republic academies or not even new no, republic sorry republic republic. Yeah. Yeah. republic academies or possibly <clears throat> even early on and he was in you know part of the empire he was an imperial officer and you know kind of had his uh this moment of clarity and left them. So yeah, it is possible that he, him and Thrawn served together at some point in the past. Uh, well, I'm, re- I'm really curious. I, I'm really hoping that they explore that some more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like hanging threads where they don't, don't leave anything connected. So hopefully we will see some connections with Sato and Thrawn. I think it, it's obviously set up for it. I'd like to see these, these uh, three new characters somewhere later. Um, not necessarily dancing in Jabba's palace. I think that's that's a waste for <laughs> for Goot. Um, but you know this this episode's about leadership. Um, Constantine is not effective. Uh, Sato is um, Mart is a good leader. I mean, you look at it. He is very firm in his conviction of what he wants to do, and when he says it, most of the time, Johnner and Goot follow him. And they're going to going to do what he says. He's got them to follow him. Um, Hera is an excellent leader in this in this episode. She trusts these new players 
on her team to do their jobs. And mm-hmm. you see, Goody has a little problem, you know, with some of the working things on on the the ghost. But Hera's like, you figure it out. I mean, you you just see these little bits that show they're not as capable as they could be. But Hera's still putting them in these responsible or positions of responsibility so that they'll grow. Hmm. And that's what she's been doing through this whole series. Even Ezra's grown up some. <laughs> well, yeah, um, that's that's what I want to get to. Before we get to that, yeah, okay. sorry to cut you off. Uh, we want to welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, making a triumphant return, an unexpected triumphant return, the lovely, the powerful, the talented, but not necessarily in that order, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. <laughs> you messed him up. <laughs> I was so used to hearing him one way. I was like, wait, what? Well, that, was that me? I realized <laughs> once I got out of my mouth, it was the wrong way. What's up? What's up? Nothing. I uh, just happened to be available on a Tuesday night, and I said, hey, my buddies are doing Rebel Yell. That's my show. That's I should go be on it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we just, listeners are going crazy in the chat. That's, They're all excited. That's my show. That's awesome. Um, so I just, you know, Shaz, you were talking about Matt and how he's a good leader because he got people to follow him because he was so convicted. Does that really make somebody a good leader? Because I'm pretty sure Hitler did that, and he wasn't a good leader. No, but, but <laughs> no, look, Hitler look at did why bad. they follow him. He's got a purpose, and it's it's a shared purpose. They care about their home. But then when when they know they can't get out, he says, okay, fine, we'll go. And he makes sure they're taken care of before he still goes back and, and takes care of business. You know, he's a good leader in that he's got the charisma. That alone does not make you a good leader. You're right. Yeah, but he also has he also has swoopy hair, which is a plus. Oh, right. Welcome uh, back, Teresa. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the discussion well. is over. Everything's well, moved. Well. He's a good-looking guy. Welcome back. He's got he's good got- hair. Hair. Welcome back, Teresa. I, I want to uh, I want to revisit this Ezra thing that you brought up because what we got to see in this episode is something that we rarely have gotten to see from uh, from Ezra in this season, Eris, and it, and that is him kind of stepping into the role of the the dude with the experience. Yeah, and he. I mean, in season one, he was Mark. Right, you know, he he was that kind of stubborn kid that thought he knew what he was doing, thought he knew everything, and now in season three, he's had all this experience. He knows that, dude, that's not a star destroyer. That's just a, a transport. Like, there's bigger stuff out there that you have no idea about, and I do. Like, listen to me, trust me. I was you a couple years ago. I know what you're thinking, but. Like I've got experience in this, and I know the the situation is much bigger than you think it is. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to use that experience and what he's learned to impart on these kids. And it worked with Johnner and with Goody. Like they did start to listen to him. They did start to realize that hey, he is like us, and he knows what he's talking about. It's just Mart is you know that same level of stubbornness that Ezra was earlier. Um, and even Zeb has the line earlier where he's like, this sounds like a ship full of Ezra's. Let's get out of here. <laughs> ship full of Ezra's. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the surface <laughs> with Kanan. See you guys. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with you and this silliness. Uh. Yeah, Ezra, Ezra pulls a little Yoda. 
Did did y'all catch this? Yeah, he quoted Yoda. It's not how you win. It's not it's not if you win, it's how you win, how you choose. Yeah, to win. that's Yoda and and he says how we choose to fight is just as important as what we fight for. That's it's right. Oh, yeah, that was great. It's, it's Yoda. Yep. Yep. So that that was awesome. I didn't catch that the first time. But the second time I was like, "Whoa!" Yes. Yeah. Um, See, I love that Ezra has those moments, but which is great, but I'm not convinced that he's actually staying a good person. So I'm like, you say that now. Well, Teresa, we all know how you feel. They've all got to die. They, I don't. They don't all have to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was something like that. I'm fine if they Ezra, all die. Ezra can die. Said. Ezra can die. I'm okay with that. Wow. But not Zeb. Oh. You can't kill Zeb. I'm sorry. I, I have I'd a, be really upset. Hey, as uh, Teresa, I have a question um, sure. that pertains to our production of this show. Uh, has Shaz been on Rebel Yell before? Mm, Schwa has. Schwa has been on without me. I'm jealous. Well, no, Schwa, Schwa was on Vault Talk because he did. He did yes. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Yes, I think you both were in our very first season. Okay. I think you both you were in season one, both of you. I think. Great. Great. Yeah. Right. But that's yeah. still not fair because that was like oh yeah we over both were a year and a half ago. It's right. like how long it's been since I was on Ion Cannon the last time. So I don't know we haven't point. had you on in a long time. Right. That's my point. All right. I my don't know what that being, show is. It's been a long time. All right. Been a long time. All right. And the two other things I want to talk about before we move on from this episode um, that I have, and I don't have anything beyond this, is number one, I love seeing Chopper interact with other droids. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and I really like the design of their, um, that, that's not an R5 unit. R3. It's an R3 R3. Unit. Uh, I really like the look and design of him, and I hope they make a figure of him that actually gets distributed um, for for I will hope to pick it up. But uh, the second thing is, and Eris, you stuck this in some show notes, um, the design of Thrawn's Star Destroyer. Is this something... I didn't notice this on screen at all. I didn't notice this on screen either, but it was... In the it was in the show notes on StarWars.com. Yeah, it's in the uh, oh, it's in the what behind, about it? It's in the behind the scenes gallery. It's uh, it's some lizardy things that adorn the bottom. <gasps> some dragony oh, these things. Uh oh, sorry. Did I upset you? Well, it's no. It's got more of a. It's a dragony type situation. It's or... like a dragony crustacean octopus kind of design mm-hmm. that's sort of. That's sort of like etched into the hull of his Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. You know, the way like you ever see like the like the swords or the knives that have the design kind of etched into them. You know, it, it's sort oh, yeah, of like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, hmm. And I didn't. Oh. I, you know, I've watched the episode a couple times now and I didn't catch it in the episode. Yeah. But, you know, here they had it up on the. Uh, on the website. Yeah, so. it's on the behind-the-scenes gallery for um, for this episode. Yeah, I saw a glimpse of this, and I didn't really pay much attention to it. And it's just so blatant on this. It's like a Hydra or something like that. Hydra, mm-hmm. yeah, like, and yeah, yeah. Tentacles and spider legs. and Interesting. That's it's cool, cool. looking. Uh, uh, well, Steve, I have proof for you here about your previous question. We had both of them on the episode of Out of Darkness. Okay. On we'll November fourteenth, two thousand fourteen. Great. That was not a Hondo episode. So just a little over two years ago. Yep. All right. So Shaz, we'll see you in two years. All right. <laughs> yeah. See you later. 
Uh, do you guys have anything else on this episode, The Iron Squadron? I, I, I like this episode for what it was. Um, what I, my takeaway was more than anything else was Thrawn um, just kind of throwing his admiral under the bus from this episode. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think everybody's just a little too happy at the end, at least Iron Squadron. They're all jumping for joy, and they didn't really win anything. Yeah, but I, I think sometimes... They're just happy to be alive. I was going to say, sometimes in the uh, in the Star Wars universe, when you're facing the Empire, you got to take what you can get. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So, Well, I didn't get to talk about it as much with you guys, but this episode for me was another one of my like spine-chilling moments. And I haven't talked about Rebels at all this season <laughs> since the first episode. So I'm just going to pack a whole bunch of things in. I love Thrawn. I love how chilling he is. And he gives me the heebie-jeebies. And he gave me lots of heebie-jeebies this episode. So I enjoyed it. And also, it just proves that he does not care about you at all, no matter who you are. He's like, whatever. I love the part of this episode where he's like, no, you will go. Can't you handle that? It's like, uh, because if you're going to die, it's no loss to me. Mm. I'm just like, dang. Savage. Yep, yep. Thrawn to the hills. <laughs> yeah, you weren't around for that. That's his new theme song. Thrawn for <laughs> your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, um, Eris, you got anything else about this particular episode? No. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um... Don't, Erish, listen, I wish you wouldn't be Erich so verbose. Erish is sad because I'm here. No. No, I'm not. I'm happy that you're here. <laughs> no, Erish is, uh, is excited to have you Hi, back. Hi, Erish. Hello, how so. are you? I'm all right. How are you? It, it's I'm been glad fun. I get to be here with y'all. It's been fun being you for a few weeks. But yeah. I'm, thrill- I'm thrilled that you're back on with us tonight. How are my clothes fitting you? Good. I look so sexy in them. <laughs> Fat man in a little coat. <laughs> All right, let's get into a great drum beat. Yeah, oh. It really is. It's it's intense. Let's get into the Winkathu job. Winkathu. Okay, I've, I'm sorry. I figured it out. It's why. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Actually, you know that that's the letters that, you can do it. Yeah, it does work. Yeah. Why? Thank, and the letter U. Why? Thank is. you. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Why? Thank you. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, when cat the one Cathu job. Uh, this was written by Gary Witta. Yep. The second episode. Wow. Witta. I mean, Witta has now become part of the Star Wars universe in a way that you know, like. It's awesome that you know he was a part of Rebel of Rogue One, and that's fantastic. But to see him sticking around and doing this stuff with Rebels, I think it bodes well for the series. I liked his last episode that he did, and um, and this episode was a little bit off the beaten path, you know. And and that's one of the things they've sprinkled Thrawn in, you know, sparingly. But every time he's on, as Teresa says, you kind of get the heebie-jeebies, and uh, and 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 the and the danger is ramped up. But here we go uh, with this episode. Uh, Notable for the return of Hondo Anaka, uh, and as Magoran, as Morrigan, as Morrigan, Mad Mardigan. 
Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan hey. of Star Command, right? That's right. As Morgan Hello. of Star Command. I just call him Ugly Pigman with the drool. <laughs> what? what? He's, he's wearing Buzz Lightyear's outfit. Oh my gosh, Shaz, you just put a picture up in the chat to show us this. He really is. You just have to reverse flip image a little bit, same colors. Oh I've been seeing this. No, for the past. no, yes, it is. no, I'm not buying into this. Um, it is, it is. No, you, yeah, As it is. Morgan is no Buzz Lightyear. No, he is. No, he's not. No, that's the point. He's more like that booster. Uh, I don't remember his name from the cartoon, but. Uh, Oh, I see. Yeah. He's so frail. That's funny. Lovely, lovely singing voice. <clears throat> what species is as M- Morgan? Fat uh, uh, pig know. man with drool? Okay. Ear, earwax oh, man. I do like where he picks the earwax and starts wiping <laughs> it on the ship. Yeah, and then and then he wipes it on his leg when he's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is like he's like that roommate that you do not want. Here, I got it. His his species is Jablogian. Mm. He's okay. from Narshada. Oh. That does not surprise me. Narshada. All no, the weirdos well. come from Narshada. Well, he looks like an original Jabba or a concept Jabba, so I guess. Wait, it doesn't surprise you that he's from Narshada or that he's Shaz Bazarian? Well, I didn't say that. No. <laughs> Shaz Bazaar, Shaz Bazaar. How dare you? Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. (laughs) Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar, Shaz Bazaar. So, yeah, as Morgan was back, Hondo's back in this episode, and uh, these guys are going to get some... What's the difference between a proton bomb and a proton torpedo? Go. You drop a bomb, you... Go ahead. Yeah, you drop a bomb, you fire a torpedo. Okay. One is bigger and rounder. Yeah, well, a bomb is... It's, it has no propulsion on it, whereas right. a torpedo does. Yeah, I think that's a better explanation, because the proton bombs, sometimes they, they launch those out of cannons, even. But it's mm. not self-propelled. Yeah, these You know, do- but here's the thing about Irish Star Wars... <laughs> they never have to carry anything. Have y'all noticed that? Everything just moves like in the air by itself. Well, they have no, repul- not the, the treasure boxes. Well, it that hover lifts. Yeah, they have repulsor lifts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, since we're all just supposed to know that, but for me, they all just <laughs> move around in the air by themselves. What I what don't, I don't they cover that in Catalyst? Actually, they they mentioned moving boxes with repulsor lifts mm-hmm. or repulsor crates or something. Yeah, I believe they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Teresa. Have you not read Catalyst? No. Jeez. Gosh, Teresa. God. You got to be friends anymore. Well, you suck. (laughs) You know what, Arish? I don't even know why you're friends with me. I've never read the Thrawn trilogy, and for some reason you still talk to me, so I don't don't know what's wrong with you, sir. But the Thrawn trilogy came out before you were born, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, when did it come out? 92? Yeah, I was like five or six. Oh, she was two. Yeah, I was, I was 15. five or six. <laughs> I was 15. I was fifteen. Um, the uh, the and, and two, the Thrawn trilogy is no longer canon, so no one over at Delray cares about it anymore. Are you kidding me? So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just kidding, guys. JKG. It might might be Legends, but that doesn't keep it from being awesome. Oh, no, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Some Um, legends are true. Some legends are true. There's truth in every legend. Um, We're actually thinking about doing a version of the book where when you open it up, the Iron Maiden song starts playing. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Not this? Not that. That ain't it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got to say, look, I I said this early in the season, actually the first Hondo episode this season. I'm not crazy about the Hondo episodes. What? Sorry, Shazmataz, but, like, I just feel like there's too many of them. Like, it just... I, I feel like once a season is enough Hondo. Hmm. And I just feel like when Hondo's around, everybody else, just their IQ drops by like half. They, all the characters just start doing dumb stuff. But now see, and, the, and this was another, this, this was a, yeah. Oh, they did it big time at the very end. Um, they start doing dumb stuff, but I, I will say this. The first time I watched this episode on Sunday, I wasn't crazy about it. But when I rewatched it tonight, there is some fantastic Hondo dialogue in it. So yes. I, I have a, I have a much different perspective on it after seeing it a second time. Hondo had like just throughout the episode, it was one great line after the next, and and I actually think this might be one of the better Hondo episodes because of that. I agree. It is all dialogue, and he is the ultimate salesman. Con man, whichever it is, he he goes after people completely. He he compliments you, and then he tells you how easy the job is, and we've got something the empire doesn't have. We are desperate. Yeah, you know, he, 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 don't be blind. See things my way. Oh, sorry. Uh, you know, it's it's just one thing after another, and <laughs> as Morgan and, and his lovely singing voice, and 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 uh, Kanan just kind of shaking his head at him. Yeah. Just kind of like, oh god, what are we? What but are we just the, don't the, be blind. <laughs> the kind of under his breath, like, did he just insult me? Kind of lines that he gives off and stuff. I just there was some brilliant dialogue in this one. Well, Hondo, like everybody else, is trying to win an apprentice. Kanan has Ezra as his apprentice. Maul wants Ezra as his apprentice. Hondo wants Ezra as his apprentice. So he's got to always be jabbing at the guy who's got him just a little bit i think that's what's behind it because everybody else he compliments but he does hack on kanan (laughs) (laughs) the one thing though that i think has happened with hondo from clone wars to rebels he was more there was a little bit more danger with him in clone wars yeah yep you know he was more menacing there was a there was always a threat kind of in his shadow and that's not there anymore with no. him. No. Well, he, either he's gotten old or it's because he doesn't have a crew anymore uh, a decent he's ship got now. Melch. Yeah, he's got he's <laughs> evidently had a whole crew of Ugnaughts but uh, he, now all he's got is Melch but he, he does have his ship and I was just thinking about that a couple weeks ago and I wasn't even aware there was a Hondo episode coming up but I thought you know he's got this Imperial shuttle again I'm going to make these connections what if he's the guy who sells it to the rebels with the codes? No, that, the Jedi. That, that's that's not that's not the same shuttle though. 
Oh, it's it, no, you're right. It's not the same. It's, it's not Lambda design. class. That's it's, right. It, yeah, it's it's an earlier. It's an older class. one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Flaw in my in my thinking. Darn. Well, maybe he's got the codes. Maybe he does steal cool. the codes from that computer and he's able to do that. It's possible. Yeah. But, but you're right. It is not the same shuttle. But I love that it's got his mark on it now. Yeah, I love the design of the shuttle. It's kind of beaten up and it's dirty and. It totally looks like a ship that Hondo would be flying around in. Yeah, but Hondo had power in the Clone Wars when you first meet yes. him. Yes, and even when Grievous takes him down a few notches, he's he's still got power, uh, and he he is uh, he's a gun runner. You know, he's mm-hmm. supplying the the rebels. I mean, the yeah, it was the rebels. It was Saw Gerrera with uh, arms. You know, way back in season yep. four, season five. Four, I- for yeah, and now he's a guy who he's happy if he gets one crate off of yeah. a off of a sinking cargo vessel. Right. Well, he's an. I mean, he's an old pirate at this point. And, yeah. And it's yeah, like he's he, like what Jack Sparrow is going to be like when he's old. Or I mean, or you know, <laughs> or <laughs> well, that's what Abby says every time she sees him. She says it's Jack Sparrow. Well, he's got his hat. He wears the Jack Sparrow <laughs> hat. But no, or it's you know. I'm not comparing him on a coolness factor, but in the same way that Han Solo is kind of an old smuggler, he's like, I did the only thing I'm good at. And, you know, yeah. he's getting yeah. he's getting boarded by the Guavian Death Gang and, you know, Kanja Club. So, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like he's still, rather than just retire and go live out his days in peace, you know, he's still trying for that one last good score. And, um... And he's just not what he used to be. I mean, you think of the first time we met Hondo, as you said, Shaz, like, we we end one episode, the next episode, Obi-Wan and Anakin are just, like, in his in his brig, basically. And, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Dooku. Yeah. And it's he's like, got everybody. It's like, how did this happen? <laughs> you Man, know? Hondo could have been the Emperor. Hondo is not Snoke-erish, don't. No, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> No, in this episode, I think Melch's Snoke. Yeah, he did. He was tricky. You know what? That could be the deal because Snoke. He's got that helmet just, on. Just because he appears as a giant hologram doesn't mean he's not some small little dude. We yeah, exactly. We don't know his true size. If we could only had have smell a vision with that holocron, we would know for certain. Mm-hmm. Because he's so fragrant. He's so. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the great lines. <laughs> that was a great one. <laughs> well, now this isn't the like, this isn't the Ugnaught that died in the no. in the first. Okay, was it? I don't think so. I think that guy got blasted. I did too. I thought like he went flying. So and but yeah, this is. Uh, I do think that Melch was in a previous episode though, because the Ghost Crew seemed to know him. Wasn't he in that episode when they, uh, I forget which one, the last Hondo one, when all the little Ugnaughts were there and and, uh, and Ezra almost died? Yes, well, on the, the, one. Uh, the, the, uh, when they were getting the X, when they were getting the Y-Wings. The Y-Wings. Mm-hmm. The Y-Wings. Yes, that's right. That's right. Oh, Was man. Melch in that one? Yeah, he, he was, was in that he one. He was wearing that, that helmet. Mm-hmm. And he was, <laughs> I don't think he was Hondo's yet, was he? No, he that's joined no. Hondo's crew. That's right. That's yeah, because right. because the, the Ugnots were they were part of the the facility that was destroying the Y wings. Mm-hmm. They like to melt down metal. Yeah, they sure do. 
They sure do. Uh, but now he's got Hondo's symbol on his helmet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a question. Go ahead. Per Mamalo, what if Thrawn is Snoke? No. No, that's just too far out there. No, you see how calm Thrawn is versus Snoke. He gets irate too yeah, quickly. Yeah, it's gotta be a it's gotta be a John or Jen or a or a Melch. John or Jen or a Melch. Yeah, John or Jen was our theory for the previous episode. Yeah. I still don't I mean I've seen who John or Jen is because of Rebels Recon, but I still don't know who he what his name is. His it's real his name? Real name. His real name. It's uh John Harper. Oh, and he's uh he's the show producer for Rebels Recon and the Star Wars show. Got it. Okay, now it's all coming to me. Now. And now, now you know. And when I and knowing is half the battle. And thanks, no problem. GI Joe. When I first, I was glad to have something confirmed by the trivia gallery, and that is when I first saw the previews for this episode and I saw those Sentry droids, I thought they were bringing Dark Troopers in. Mm-hmm. Me too. From Dark Forces. Uh, yep. And and when I saw him, I thought we've seen this before, but we saw it on the trailer again. There's that's where it came from. It was mm-hmm. from the trailer before the yeah. season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you watched Rebels Recon, they mentioned that those droids were initially going to be uh, probe droids. Yeah. And they just ah, oh, this we've seen this before. Like we're just being lazy with it, and so they went back and uh, and decided to go with the design inspired by the Dark Troopers. I love that. So oh, do I. I love that. Yeah, they were cool. They were big and menacing. I definitely hope we see more of them. Yes. It was, and it was good to see A7 back in this episode, too. I love A7. He's <sighs> one of he my favorite He had such a great characters. line. He said, oh, <laughs> my advice was not to engage with them. Yeah. <laughs> because if you do, <laughs> the rest of them come out. What? <laughs> But just his real calm, oh. I said not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) He's a tad arrogant and a tad flawed. Oh, I didn't bring the sentries into account. This mission only only has a 37% chance of success. Well, why do you say... (laughs) 37%? 37? Um, Well, why didn't you say so... That was before. I, that was without me. I, if it were, if I weren't here, you'd have less than one percent. Yeah, I love that mess. That's... <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> you know, the droids really—they shined in this one. Chopper had a moment too, where he's like, "Every man for himself," and yeah. he just takes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a droid. <laughs> Every man for himself. <laughs> Yeah, and he just leaves, and Ezra's like, what? I hope you run out of gas. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. I will say this. This episode, you know, you never know. And and Filoni has done a good job in in these seasons, or the whole crew, I shouldn't just credit Dave, but the whole crew has done a good job in both seasons of threading these different small events together to play into something toward the end of the season. And, um, you know, uh, this episode seems like just a standalone kind of episode, a standalone moment. But you just have to know that there's going to be at some point where they're like, good thing we have those proton bombs. You know, if nothing else, there'll be a throwaway yeah. line like that. Good thing we have yeah. those proton bombs. But well, in- but this, uh, 
sorry, Steve, go ahead. But what I was going to say is what they do so well when they just have these one-off episodes is they do a great job of really finding the Star Wars of it all, you know, in one aspect or another. And in this case, um, I was not, I'm, Eris, I'm really honestly like you, a lot of times Hondo bothers me uh, more than I enjoy him. Um, and I, I know I'm in the minority there, but this time I felt like everyone got their moment, their comedic moment to shine. And the comedy and the stuff that was said and the one-liners that were thrown out were very Star Wars-y one-liners. Right down to the door bit. You know, that was, you know, that's that moment, like, I think I just blasted it. You know, it when, quick, find the controls that extend the bridge. I think I just blasted them, you know. And, oh, that is such a Luke thing. And when the door shuts and the, and they're blasting through the hole in the door, mm-hmm. left, he just looks at, he looks at, he looks at Zeb and he's like, how was I supposed to know? Yeah, well, I didn't know. <laughs> didn't Luke say that same thing? Well, I didn't know. No, it's a it's a um. He just says, no in a new hope, wasn't it? No, he doesn't didn't say I know? didn't know. Uh uh-uh. uh She just says. Are you sure? She says, "Quick, find it," because you know Leia's being Leia. No, 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 not at that around. moment. Some more, some other. Yeah, time. I think there was another point in the movie where he says that. And uh, it seems so, Luke. And then you know when he wait, no wait, don't, and he blasts it and put that thing away. It's magnetically sealed. You're gonna get us all killed. You know. Absolutely, your worship. You know, I had everything under control till you let us down here. And as a kid, I'm always watching. I'm like, there was nothing under control. There was nothing <laughs> under control. Right. <laughs> and, it's, hand. and it's that same, but it's that same kind of humor and that yeah. same kind of quippiness between them all and that that really took center stage in this episode. In the midst of, you know, Sabine up there, like, <laughs> send it, hurry, send it, get up here, you know, and the the ghost being pulled down into this mall and this this storm and it's just like there's the tension that's there but it's so well cut through with the with the humor mm-hmm. i think okay, it would have been funnier had they actually called this its original title no i'm so glad they didn't commodia <laughs> the commodia job <laughs> the commodia job i agree Teresa. and i to that i would have to say why thank you for not calling it that <laughs> It's been funny though. <laughs> all right, but I gotta say, I mentioned earlier how all the characters their IQ drops when Hondo's around, mm-hmm. and a perfect example of that is the end, where the cargo ship is getting pulled down into the into the the I don't even know what to call it, the maelstrom. And the maelstrom. Thank you, and the ghost is getting pulled down with it, and Ezra and Zeb are hanging off of the severed cable. All they had to do was cut the, the other line. You know, just cut the just other pull line away. And, and pull away, and then they could take their time getting Ezra and Zeb up. But for some reason, they got to pull Ezra and Zeb up first before they can cut the other line. And I'm just, are, are you kidding me here? Yeah, I was thinking that the whole time, too. I was not. My IQ drops when I see Hondo. I think it's a matter. I think it's a matter of momentum, because when they cut that other line, the uh, the ghost just rockets out of that maelstrom. They were all standing on the platform when they cut it. You know, it would have done the same thing. Yeah, but they yeah. were inside the well of gravity for the uh, the gravity dampeners, inertial dampeners. Gravity schmavity dampeners schmampeners. <laughs> You know, something all, smart sounding, something smart. 
Yeah, I'm not buying it. They, it was the the Hondo effect. I like the Hondo. It is the Hondo effect. I, I think we should use that. I like how they were racing on the little on the cables. It was like I'm gonna get there first. Yeah, this, is like, this, is, this is not a race. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lopan is the greatest. Yeah. I mean, Steve, you brought up earlier how this was kind of a standalone episode, and and how the proton torpedoes we may see them come into play later. But the one thing that I think this episode had in it that connects with the other episodes of the season is this ongoing thing of trying to develop Ezra into trying to develop his leadership abilities. Mm-hmm. And this was another episode where he wasn't put in charge and, you know, him cutting the hole in the door was a direct result of him not being in charge. He had to prove that he was the guy who should have been leading the mission. Mm-hmm. And so he was, he was jumping out trying to do these things. So, you know, the Hera and Kanan and the, kind of the crew they're continually trying to test Ezra a little bit here and there to see how he's going to react to either being in charge or not being the one in charge. So I think that that fits in thematically with the rest of the season. Yeah, I and but the thing also with Ezra here when he's not in charge, it's that thing that kind of is grating on my nerves about him this season. It's like, it's okay that you're not in charge, kid. You know, just... Just follow the lead. Just go ahead and go out there and, you know, and and it's almost like he was trying to, again, trying to impress Hondo more than anything is what it seemed like to me. Right. Until Hondo disappoints him. You know, he says, you never disappoint me. I wish I could say the same. I think Here, he's starting to see it. Here's another thing where their IQs drop. Why didn't they just take the Phantom 2 and land it in the cargo bay and then just load stuff onto it and then fly it back out to the Ghost? The Phantom 2 would have fit in that cargo bay. Mm. You're right. Hadn't considered that that as an option. Top chopped off of it. They couldn't dock with it, but they could have brought it. But they could have flown in. Like Once they got inside and established power and opened everything up that's a huge cargo bay i actually think the ghost might have fit in there but you know, it would have been a tight were, squeeze but but all were, the, maybe they were thinking they were going to get a lot more stuff than would fit on the phantom but they didn't yeah that's what i'm thinking and two they wanted to get in there because and trying to defend it because they're in a maelstrom with two cables and trying to drag things through the maelstrom yeah well that was yeah. working out okay it's though the, but it's not it, that's well, more adventurous I know, I know, but I'm just, you know, it, these are the kind of things that run through my head during Hondo episodes. Yeah, but it, to me, though, there was also the idea of getting power onto the place, and they, you know, they were getting in there to just see exactly how much was salvageable. I mean, you're talking about an entire Imperial cargo ship that if they could have, um, you know, figured out a way to get get it out of there. It would have. Yeah, uh, but they they didn't have a plan B, and that would have been a good plan B. You're right. I think that's a that's a good good call. It was more exciting this way. Yes, no. much more opportunities. <clears throat> Makes better TV. They could have done both. They could have landed the Phantom, started loading stuff in there, and been feeding. Excuse me, the proton torpedoes to the to the winches to the Ghost. Now, here's why Double they could, their could take the Phantom. Last time Hondo got near a ship, he took it. 
He would have jumped in True. that thing and stolen it. They don't yeah, trust it. Yeah. That's it. Good point. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> you know, point. we haven't talked about this treasure room so much. And it is a treasure room. That's the whole point. And the boom, Raiders music comes up, right? Oh, yeah, totally. And, very, and, first, very first shot, I'm like, oh, it's the room at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, and my son's like, ah, oh, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I was like, where's the Lost Ark? And I it looked, was in there. And I there. looked. It was I in looked, there. And I finally and the, found it. <laughs> yeah, the, the Twi'lek Ark of the Covenant that was first seen in Clone Wars was one of the treasures in there. Did you ever see mm-hmm. the top of it? I only saw the bottom of it stacked on another crate, and I just sent y'all a picture. It's at the top of that picture, but it's there. Hmm. Yeah, I see it up there. I, yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the, the. Oh yeah, there the, it is. The trivia guide and everything for it uh, for this episode and the uh, behind the scenes. Oh, it's stuff. in the trivia guide. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah oh, oh that would have been easier. Yeah, it's it's right down there, and it's. I when was this in the Clone Wars? I guess uh, on an episode where they were on Twilight. I think it was in one of the Chamsindula episodes, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah, I believe that name. I believe the name of that planet is Ryloth, there. Yes, yes, I caught myself. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. I mean, I'm sorry to flex my. Listen, I've been smacked down uh, Star Wars wise this week publicly, and so I just had to do it to someone else. Why? Really? Because you don't like Star Wars. Um, no, someone was listening to uh, my exclusive Star Wars, my Patreon exclusive Star Wars commentary, and in that, I mentioned that on the Death Star, that was the last time we actually really truly see the big three together uh, at, in an adventure setting. And uh, I'll call him out. Mark All tweeted, he's like, "You were wrong." He said, "I hate being that guy, but you were wrong. They're all together at uh, Jabba's palace too." Yeah. And I'm like, uh, "You're right. I was wrong." And on and on Endor. Yeah. And on yeah. Andor. But they, yeah, that's true. So never mind. I'm an idiot. So see, I just want to say, I just need to. I've got yeah, to go but back. That happens and, to everybody at some point. I've got to go back and listen to my commentary because I don't, I think I, I, think I was misunderstood. Because <laughs> there's no way I'd make an, there's no way I'd make a statement that's stupid. Oh, by, by the way, the bit where Hondo thinks Melch fell off into the Maelstrom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, he must have fallen through it too. He takes his hat off and does his like one line eulogy for him. <laughs> well, and yeah. what's funny what's I, funny is is you know he didn't think that he fell off into the maelstrom. He was just ready to leave him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't care where he is. He just wants to get his box of treasure across. Yeah, but last time he said That's he didn't know where someone awesome. was, they went looking for him. He doesn't have time for that. Yeah, that's why it's so Opens it and he's like, "Oh, but this is better." Yeah, <laughs> like he recovers really quick. Because friendship is the greatest like, treasure. Great. Yeah, friendship is the greatest treasure. But then I love that as Mad Mardigan is like, "Ah, but we agreed that we would split anything we bring back 50-50, So I own half of him. <laughs> mm. They never agreed to that. He's lying. <laughs> I mean, Hondo at least he doesn't lie. Tell some of the truth. Does he? And some of the truth is better than no truth at all. Well, Which is what you used to get. All Hondo was worried about was... <laughs> That's all he was worried about doing. <sighs> <laughs> Run to the hills, my friends. 
So did I lose everybody? Everyone got <laughs> no, we're still here. Um, just, no. just air drumming. My, right my mind is running to the hills. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. my mind's the... thinking about where is my boyfriend? Darth Maul. He's coming. Two more. Yeah, episodes. where is he? Two more episodes, really? Yeah, uh, I believe so. That's I think what I saw on IMDb that the. Kind of the the mid season finale, I think, is going to happen. Really, oh, man, I'm excited about yeah. that. Um, that's that's exciting to me. Yeah, uh, I you think, think we saw only... Guerrera consulted Maul for leg advice. For leg advice? No. Did yeah, you see his leg? Like a robot leg. He did not consult Maul. Maul has better know? legs. <laughs> Maul said, "Go to Mandalore," and yeah. Saul said, "No way." Yeah. Forget it. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, yeah. The last two episodes of this half of the season, apparently. Or maybe... I don't know. Yeah, next Saturday is the Inside Man. Yeah, they go back to Lothal. Which is a Thrawn episode. And then I believe the the episode after that is the Maul one. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, the Kurgan. He's coming back. That's yes. right. That's who that dude is. When I saw that preview, I'm like, where do I know this guy from? And it's uh, it's Clancy Brown. Yeah. Yep. Clancy yeah. Brown. Clancy Brown Brown. Of course it uh, is. Well, um, <laughs> nice. Erish, any final thoughts about the uh, the Commodia Pirates? It, on second viewing, it was a much, much more entertaining episode than I originally found it to be. So... Uh, I, I did thoroughly enjoy it. Good. Uh, the, go ahead. No, that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the verbose Eric Chernovice, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> I'd be here all the week. Uh, Shaz? Uh, I like anything with Hondo, just because he's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Ezra kind of paying attention to who he should trust. He's starting to to figure some things out, and I think Hondo's going to lose his Jedi pirate. Oh, I do he's, too. He's, I do too. He's lost him. You know, Ezra may may waver between Maul and Kanan, but but Hondo's right out. Yeah, he is out. He is right out. Um, <laughs> well, you, you know, I just, that actually brings up uh, something that I took from uh, Rebels Recon. Um, Gilroy made a great comment about Ezra's. Ezra sees the best in everybody. He does. You know, and, and it's one of his strengths, but it's also one of his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've seen that with Maul. We, we continue to see that with Hondo. Like, no, nobody else in the Ghost Crew trusts Hondo, but Ezra keeps bringing him back in, keeps sending them on these missions, keeps opening the door. And it's and just his nature that... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, please. He's going to treat him fairly. You know, one batch of bombs, one treasure box. One batch of bombs, one treasure box. That's who Ezra is. Yeah. He's, he's trying to play fair with everybody, which gets him in trouble. Well, I also think that, that what it is is he sees the good in anyone who takes, uh, takes an interest in him. You know, it begins with the ghost crew. Oh, that's true. Malt- and that yeah. might be more of what it is. Yeah. yeah. So... 
Teresa, it's good to have you back. You got any final thoughts about your old Hondo episode? I know you love the Hondo episodes. I do love Hondo, although I agree with Arish. Hondo was better in Clone Wars because he was a little bit scarier. He was a riskier person to be around. He he had more power then, and I liked him better then. But I still appreciate who he is and what he brings to the show now. He definitely brings some lightheartedness and good one-liners. Uh, I overall, I really liked it. I thought it was good. I don't like Drooly Pigman. He gets, uh, he's gross. And why does he have to sit there and remind Hera that he like kind of owned her as a slave? Like, get over it. <laughs> gross. You're dis. But, you, you uh, disgust me, you little red pigman. He still owns her. Yeah. Well, she said, "You're. On, I don't want him on my ship." He says, "I own you." You know, it's just a back and forth. But he's just a doofus. No, he doesn't own anybody. He's a gross, gross thing. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I did really like it, and overall, I feel like Rebels has done a really good job this particular season. But they have had a lot of episodes that don't. They're just like one-offs. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and which has been interesting. But this one was good also because there was more Zeb, which mm-hmm. I always love Zeb. So. Well, as I said with these one-offs, I definitely think that they're threading a the needle. Um, they're introducing a lot of, and, and Dave Filoni said this, that they're introducing a, several new characters so that they can kind of all, we're seeing an alliance kind of born. And, and we're seeing this thing come together uh, episode after episode. And, and we're seeing, too, that, you know, it took more than... Um, than Luke showing up for for the rebellion to get going, you know there was a there was a rebellion in place before Luke ever showed up, of course, and and uh, and and these people all have stories, and they all have reasons for fighting the Empire. So um, these one-offs, I think, do a good job of beginning to build a cast of characters that hopefully we'll be interacting with again um, later on in the season, especially with people like the Iron Squadron and that sort of thing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they swing back around. Or if they do. So, well, everyone, thanks for being with us tonight. Uh, Erish, it, you know, I I don't know if Teresa's going to be back or not, so we'll just see you next time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just okay. keep planning on being here, buddy, until she tells I, me I, otherwise. I might, have, I might have a special guest lined up for us next week, too. That's right. That's right. So, looking forward to that. And uh, you can follow Erish on Twitter at Darth underscore Duff. And uh, and he's a, he's a fun follow. And don't forget to check out Mile High Tundra, football fans. Make sure that you're listening to Erish and Joe talk about uh, NFL from a skewed perspective of being Broncos and Packers fans. But uh, good stuff nonetheless. Shaz Bazaar. Thank you so oh, much. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, sir. It's always a pleasure oh, to talk you. to you and have you on. Tell us. Uh, a, I love coming on. Tell us about what's up with the techno Every retro two days. Years. <laughs> we're uh, we're we're doing cereal recipes for Christmas right now on Techno Retro Dads, covering some Christmas shows. Next week we'll be talking about Brady Bunch specials. Oh, they were great. We miss Florence Henderson. Um, what else are we doing? That's uh, oh, Christmas toys, toys in the attic, all that mm. kind of stuff on Techno Retro Dads. Anything from the seventies and eighties, we're into it. And some stuff from today, too. And people can find that where? At, well, you can find us on RetroZap.com, or you can find us, yeah, it's probably the best place to find us, or Libsyn.TechnoRetroDads.com. Find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and you can always find me at Shaz Bazaar on the Twitter. All right. And Teresa is at Ice Cold Penguin. 
on Twitter and Instagram. Eat. And uh, Teresa saw Moana. No. No. I've not seen Moana yet, but I, I'm going to see it soon. I, Need to I see have it. actually, I've seen Fantastic Beast twice. So. Why? Mm. Oh, you don't talk to me, sir. Mm. <laughs> this will get heated. I am in love with that movie, and Newt Scamander is amazing. And you know what's really interesting, though, Teresa, is you're one of the only people I've really heard say that you're in love with that movie. Really? A lot of people in my circles, I guess, with all the Harry Potter people, they, they really do like it a lot. There's a lot of them I know that like it. I believe I'm quoting one of the Techno Retro Dads. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> Don't do it. I said, I'll just go ahead and say it again. I said it wasn't fantastic. I liked it, but it wasn't fantastic. So here's the thing, and I know this has nothing to do with anything we talk about on this show, but if you're walking into this movie expecting it to be a Harry Potter film, why are you doing that to yourself? It's not a Harry Potter film. It's uh, a Harry Potter. It was written by J.K. Rowling. But uh, it's it not. Takes place but, in the same Potterverse. No, but it's a Wizarding World of Harry Potter film. But it is not a Harry Potter film. They have two very different fields. This one yes. is much darker. This one is much Revenge of the Sithier. Mm. Um, and it's setting That's... up a story that is crucial to the Harry Potter story though. It's setting up an amazing story and it's also it brought up some really cool things for Potterheads about was Ariana an obscurus? Ponder that for a while if you know anything about what I'm talking about. Well Teresa just started speaking in tongues, so we're gonna get her checked yeah. out and make sure that she didn't have a <laughs> have something happen there. I didn't understand. The last half of that final <laughs> sentence did not understand. So <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us live at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. Follow the Goliverse at Goliverse on Twitter. You can follow Disney Vault Talk on Twitter as well as me. I'm at Steve Glosson. And uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. We will be back next time with a look at in- the Inside Man and the return of Clancy Brown to Star Wars Rebels. So for uh, Arish, for... Shaz Bazaar, and I'll go ahead and say for Teresa because I don't know if she's speaking English over there. Uh, I'm Steve Glosson. We'll see you guys next time on Rebel Yell. That was great. You know, if Hondo only got his jacket back, he'd be scary again. Mm -hmm. He needs that jacket. I don't like his onesie. (laughs) (laughs) You can't say stuff like, oh, good, I recorded that. Good. All right. (laughs)